Most people think that they are choosing between the good and the bad. In reality, they are choosing between being mediocre and becoming truly great. Welcome to the Next Action Podcast with your host, Brian Wallace. In 15 minutes, we'll help our guests catapult from their current situation to a path of greatness. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you so, so much for joining us again. We've got a fantastic guest today. Really, really interesting story. Quite a bit different from some of the other episodes that we've had, but I think you're all going to enjoy. So I'd like you all to meet my buddy, John Stancliffe. He is a social media manager for AT&T Business. Welcome to the show, John. How are you? Thanks, Brian. I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Yes. Such a good lineup we've got today. Man, I've been very excited to have you on. I know you and I have had some good chats about this. So let's bring our chats to the world, shall we? So man, what is it like being at one of the largest companies out there and being in social and having you know you as the brand, you as the business? I feel like a lot of people are interested in that. And of course, we will be careful about what we say. Uh, nobody's getting any secrets here, guys. So no, that's not that kind of show. This is this is John and John's opinion. So let us know, John, what do you think? Yeah, you know, it's 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 a really great experience. I've I've had about 15 years uh, in the digital space, ranging from, you know, search to content to journeys and so on. And I can honestly say that uh, working at the company I'm with now, uh, it's the best experience I've had professionally so far. Um, the resources you get, the, uh, the access to mentors and leadership. Uh, honestly, in the last four years that I've worked at this company, I've probably grown more professionally than the last 10 years prior uh, with other companies. So it's it's actually a really good experience. It's not the, you know, it does have its downsides, right? A company that big is going to have bureaucracy in place. It's going to have a lot of guardrails. It's going to have a lot of um, action items before anything gets done. But that's very typical for, for a large enterprise. Uh, but at the end of the day, as an individual, I, I honestly can't imagine working anywhere else at this point in my life. And like with anything in life and business, there's trade-offs to it. So if you want to do anything you want, well, you probably shouldn't do that anyway. You know, it's not appropriate to put any sort of ridiculous stuff on the internet if you want to be in business. But even if you want to be an entrepreneur, solopreneur, you may have more creative freedom. You may have less bureaucracy, but you probably won't have the stability. You certainly won't have the backup and the resources. So yeah, I think it's a good balance. And I, I find I have a lot of friends that <clears throat> I would call are more of intrapreneurs, right? So they will have great positions within large organizations and they have a lot of creative freedom and they can do some cool stuff. So it doesn't preclude someone who has an entrepreneurial or social, I guess we could say spirit to be at such a position. Yeah, that's right. And you know, at the end of the day, even large companies like mine, uh, they they seek out people with entrepreneurial point of views, right? They want people who have that sort of mindset because these are the people that and supersede the internal politics and the internal bureaucracy and kind of look at what the end game is and pursue that relentlessly, right? Um, people without an entrepreneurial mindset, they are just as valuable, mind you, but um, you know, it's always good for a company to have that balance of, of personalities. 
Absolutely. At one point, all companies were startups. They all were in a garage or a basement or something like that. And I always think it's wonderful when we see in company in companies like that to just have that enduring brand excitement, right? So let's talk a little bit about it from an advocacy perspective. What can you tell us there? Yeah. So part of my role is building um, employee advocates out of our out of our workforce. So that is to say. Um, granting permission or even better empowering our people with the skill set and the permissions uh, to go out there and one, build their personal brand on social, uh, but two, advocate for the brand, right? These, these are people that believe in what we're doing. These are people that represent what we're doing. These are people that sell what we're doing regularly and work in it day in and day out. Um, who better to take the microphone and speak to it than our workforce? You know, at the at the end of the day, I think um, there's a lot of brands who are reluctant about this sort of thing, about empowering their employees to um, vocalize their support on on social. But you know, you have you're sitting on an army, essentially, right? If if you have a thousand employees. You have even 500. If you even have 50, you have a small army to help you lead the conversation on social. So if you're not using that as a resource, then you are completely wasting um, a valuable opportunity. You know, I, I think of it as if if you have 50, say, you know, 25 to 45 year olds on your workforce who are already on social, they're already spending their time on social, despite what your company policy is, right? From nine to five, they're logging into Facebook, they're logging into LinkedIn. Why not channel what they're doing into something that could be productive for both them and you, right? They get the return by building their personal brand and leveraging themselves as subject matter experts, but at the same time, you're going to get a return as as the brand and as a company owner, uh, because you have people out there advocating, you have real people out there advocating for you. And frankly, you know, there's something a little more legitimate about that than hiring a, an army of influencers. Yeah, absolutely. Every person can be a universe. And I think that as people go on to advance within the company, go to other places, start their own businesses, they're going to have such a positive impact and response to that. They're going to remember it. Maybe that was their big break, that a big brand trusted them and didn't need to you know, skip over them just because they weren't the hotshot influencer or whatever. I think people respect companies that have that level of transparency and outright trust. I mean, if you're going to hire people, why wouldn't you trust them, right? <laughs> it's pretty yeah, crazy. Exactly. It mean people get to say exactly. anything, but, but the people who are trusted should be trusted. I get it. Cool. So yeah, totally. So let's talk a little bit more about you. As much as there's the big brand, I mean, you go home and you're a dad, and I know that you've been building up a whole dad brand message. And I'd love for us to dive in as a dad myself. I'd love for us to kind of talk about this with the world. So tell us more about what you're doing specifically on that, man. You know, this is this is something very personal for me. Um, since I started with the company I'm with, I, I, I've come to observe that there is very low turnover with uh, with its employees, with the brand's employees. And and as, the longer I stay there, the more I realize why. Um, 
you have a lot of people, they all have kids, they all have families. And at the end of the day, they all say the same thing. They, they all say that they're able to go home at the end of the day, go home on you know Friday night and not have to worry about going back into the office in the evenings or on the weekends. They, they all feel like they can be dads and that they can be moms. And, you know, it occurred to me, I, I, I was lucky that I had my kid who's now five, um, close to the same time that I started with this company. But it occurred to me that had I had my son before uh, at any of the other companies, companies I was with, I no way, no way I could be a dad to him. I'd be, you know, because you're putting in 60, 70, sometimes 80 hours a week um, and, you know, seemingly getting nowhere. At the end of the day, that's really what's most important, right? We're, we're working to get a paycheck. We're not working to live. So um, when you get home, you know, you have to, you have to be dad, you have to be mom, you have to, to be, uh, you have to take care of your family. And so I was inspired by this to, to think about how can we sort of have a discussion and a dialogue about what it means to be a dad in the 21st century and how, how dads today balance their time at work and balance their time at home, especially now that most of us, um, you know, most of us aren't the typical dad that comes home and expects, you know, expects the house to be clean and expects dinner to be prepared. Those, that's not what today is. Today, a dad comes home and does the cleaning and does the cooking, right? And is a partner to his spouse and is a partner um, to, to um, you know, to whoever is, is, helping to raise a child, right, to their partner. So um, I was inspired to kind of have that dialogue. One of the first people I interviewed about this was Chris Gardner, who just completely blew my mind away. Chris Gardner, by the way, CEO of Happiness, the author of Pursuit of Happiness, um, completely blew my mind because here's a man who spent, you know, the, the, the early part of his, of his dad years pursuing success, right? Relentlessly looking for success. He achieved it and spent more time after that being a dad, right? And he came to realize that when he was pursuing that success, it really wasn't about him. It wasn't about success. It was about his kid. It was about giving his kid something that he he didn't have when he was his child's age, right? So, I was totally blown away by this discussion. Uh, it's on LinkedIn now. Um, and, you know, it's tough, right? It's tough being a dad. It's tough being a mom when you got to work full time. And these are discussions I wish we had more of. So I just figured I'd step up and do it myself. Sometimes that's what we have to do, man. We have to give what we see in the world that is just lacking. And yeah, for everybody listening, I've heard John's conversation with Chris Gardner. I'm sure you all have seen the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. And the actual Chris Gardner has the cameo at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. Hey, it's not a brand new movie, whatever. Deal with it, people. But <laughs> it's a fabulous conversation. And yeah, John, I feel like People don't have enough honest, open conversations about this subject. So I'm excited for where you can grow with that. I don't think you have that as a podcast yet, but I think it would be a perfect format for one. Uh, I'd be happy to join you on it. I know other people that are in different situations that have their specific voices and things to say about it that I, I think you could do a lot of good for the world continuing on that. 
So as we're approaching about three minutes left here, um, let's jump a little bit more back into social and let's talk a little more specific in social about B2B social, because that's where you party. So what do you think? Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, what the heck do we do to concentrate on time? There's too many networks and not enough time to do it, right? Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> well, and, you know, B2B is is such a unique animal, right? B2C, C2C, peer-to-peer, those are easy to tackle. Um, but B2B is is a lot more difficult because, you know, any any C-suite who at the end of, you know, the end of the day wants to log into Instagram or log into Facebook, frankly, they're not looking for ads um, about, you know, services to help their technology or services to help help them be more secure and so on. They're not looking for that. They're looking for experiences to amplify, you know, their, their, their day, to amplify what they're doing in the moment, which, you know, when they're at home is probably being a dad or a mom. So how do you tackle B2B on social, especially on something like Instagram, where there's no real established North Star um, and the answer is quite simple. And this is something that uh, a mentor drilled into me time and time again. You can't think of social as a B2B play. You have to think of social as an H to H play, human to human. You're a human being sitting behind the keyboard, getting ready to post something on Instagram. You're not reaching out to another business and trying to communicate with another business. You are reaching out to another human being trying to communicate with another human being. So when when you can figure out that formula that you are a human communicating to another human, then the B2B kind of falls into place on its own. Well said. That sounds a lot like my buddy Brian Kramer. He gives a lot of speeches about the H2H movement. And I, t- I completely agree. At the end of the day, we're all humans. We're moms, we're dads, we're fathers and sons and children and grandchildren and all these things. And yeah, people there's too much noise. There's too much information to go into. So we have to pick the paths very carefully. Well said, man. I know we're just about out of time and I want to respect your time here. So John, where can everybody find you out there on the web if they want to connect with you? Definitely find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Easy to just search John Stancliffe. I'm right there at the top. Or you can find me on uh, Instagram at Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-I-E, Stancliffe. Uh, or you can find me on Twitter at Johnny the Sith because Star Wars is life. <laughs> well said, my man. And the hashtag for your dad movement? Hashtag dad chat. There we go, man. Love it. Thank you so much. All right, man. Thank you. It was great.